Hey, this is Dan Wonderlich from Defining Grace, and welcome to Art of the Sermon, a show for preachers, teachers, and communicators. This is episode 20, our mid-month episode for July 2016. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your summer is rolling along smoothly. I have a couple things I want to touch on here at the top of the show, and then we'll jump back into this month's topic of podcasting. First, as you've likely seen already all over the news or in your Facebook feed, there is a new mobile game called Pokemon Go that has created a surprising and awesome opportunity for your church or campus ministry to connect with new people in your community. It's especially popular right now with young adults in their 20s and 30s who grew up playing Pokemon as kids. What makes Pokemon Go different from most mobile games we play on our phones is that it encourages players to go out into the real world in order to play. Utilizing the phone's GPS and camera, it blends the characters, locations, and actions of the game with actual locations, including a ton of churches. So if you've seen random young adults walking around your property, staring at their phones, and then leaving five to ten minutes later, you are likely a location in the game. Now, there's lots of blog posts out there about things you can do as a church in conjunction with the game, but it all boils down to offering exceptional hospitality. If you are a location in the game, find the place on your campus where players tend to congregate. Maybe post a sign there that welcomes them and include either worship times or a website address if they're interested in more information about your church. Perhaps even have a table with water, popsicles, or some other treat that would be appealing to someone wandering around outside on a hot summer's day. And if you discover that your church or campus ministry is not a location in the game, you can apply to be one. I'll include a link to that registration form in the show notes. And lastly, on this subject, this is a strike while the iron is hot situation. Don't wait around or plan some big Pokemon sermon series for the fall. While innovative and magical at first, what I'm hearing from some of my friends who are playing it is that the novelty kind of wears off over time. It's a little bit repetitive, and while I'm sure the developers will no doubt add new features as we go along, it will never be as popular as it is now. So just make it a fun summer project for your church. The second thing I want to lead off with is that back in episode 18, I shared about two websites you can use to create great social media graphics completely free, designfeed.io and Adobe Spark. I've since recorded a 10-minute tutorial video that walks you through both sites step-by-step. You can find it on my blog by going to artofthesermon.com and clicking on blog at the top, or there'll be a link in the show notes. Finally, last month's episodes on design and storytelling and this month's episodes on podcasting are part of some experimentation I'm doing with the show. As it grows, I would like it to evolve to continue to meet the interests of you, the listener. So this summer, we've been exploring a couple of topics that aren't solely preaching-focused, but they can relate to and amplify your preaching and the role that your sermons play in your wider church communication. And over the next couple of months, I'm going to experiment with focusing more on interviews. So there will still be occasional episodes like this one where we reflect and build on topics, but we're going to try more interviews for a season. And now, of course, I can look at download numbers to try to tell if these experiments are working, but I would love to hear from you directly. I appreciate all the feedback I can get because this show would not exist without you. So use the contact form at the bottom of artofthesermon.com or reach out through Twitter or Facebook and let me know what you think about the show. Did you like these summer episodes? What do you think of featuring more interviews? And maybe what are some topics or guests that you would love to hear on the program. Okay, so let's jump back into our conversation this month around podcasting. Last episode, we had a really great and practical interview with Jonathan Howe of Lifeway. He's also the host of two podcasts, SBC This Week and Rainer on Leadership. Now, if you're a pastor or church leader who listens to podcasts, 
which you are because you're listening to one right now, you've most likely encountered Rainer on Leadership. But if you haven't, maybe this is the first foray into podcasting for you. I highly recommend that show. Well, last episode, we mostly talked about what it takes to do a show like this one, a conversational show or a topical show. We talked through equipment, software, show format, things like that. And I'll put back in the show notes links to tutorials on podcasting as well as links to equipment. But if you have questions or need more help with the technical side of podcasting, feel free to reach out to me. I love podcasting and would love to help point you in the direction of resources that can help. But at the end of the day, I know it's far more likely that if you're going to enter the podcasting space, it will be through podcasting your sermons. As we mentioned last episode, the genre of Christian is the largest podcast category in iTunes precisely because of sermon-based podcasts. And especially if you're already recording your sermons and posting them to your church website, you're literally just one step away from making them more easily available. But let's say that you're not recording your sermons. Maybe you've thought about it, but you haven't gotten around to actually doing it. Maybe you do record them, but then don't do anything with the recordings. Maybe you feel like you can't justify the technical expense or your church lacks the technical expertise. Or maybe you've thought about it and for whatever reason, you've decided not to pursue it. Well, I want to spend the rest of this episode talking to you about the reasons why you should strongly consider podcasting your sermons. First, there's the element of time. Tom Rayner, the CEO of Lifeway and the Rayner of Rayner on Leadership, ran a Twitter poll asking pastors how long they spend preparing a sermon. And yes, I understand that Twitter polls are completely non-scientific, but he interacts with tons of pastors from all different denominations, so I think it's a decent survey. The results showed that 70% of preachers spend between 10 and 18 hours on a single sermon. That's roughly one quarter to one half of a traditional 40-hour work week. And now, of course, you're all laughing because because pastors don't have 40-hour work weeks, but still, this is a significant amount of time that we're investing in our sermons. In fact, most of those who said they spend less than 12 hours were self-identified as bivocational pastors, so chances are pretty good they would spend more time on them if they had the time. Rayner also pointed out that this question just dealt with the preparing of the sermon itself and didn't include time spent deciding what to preach on, planning series, etc. So we invest a significant amount of time each week in preparing to say something that we feel is important, something that is well prayed over, well researched, well written, and well practiced. And if you're not podcasting your sermon or even just recording it somehow, it happens at one time, in one place, and then it's over. And now for some of you, this may be exactly how you see preaching. It is for that specific gathered community at that specific time in that specific context. And that is totally fine. I completely respect that. But if you feel at all that there's value in your sermon beyond the moment and beyond the change that it makes in the lives of the people who hear it in that moment, you might want to consider starting to podcast your sermons. Second, there's the element of church attendance. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there from church leadership folks about the decline in the frequency of church attendance. Take a second and think about your own congregation. How many times per month are your diehards there? How many times per month is the average member or family there? Chances are good that both of those numbers are down. Now, my wife is a scientist and researcher, so I have learned not to accept only anecdotal research. So I dug into some of the reports that the Barna Research Group puts out, and they were even kind enough to send me some of their data. And here's what it shows. 
There's a redefinition of regular attendance. People used to define regular church attendance as three to four times per month, but now people are willing to call once every four to six weeks regular church attendance. For people who self-identify as Christians, the percentage of those who report having attended church in the last week has gone down 10% over the last 10 years. In 2006, 55% of self-identified Christians reported that they'd attended church in the last week, and in 2016, it's down to 45%. We're now less than half. When the same question is asked of all adults, the number has fallen from 47% in 2006 to 35% in 2016, from almost half of the population to almost a third of the population. And this agrees with a Gallup study on church attendance that was released in 2015. And according to that Gallup study, as you would imagine, weekly church attendance is higher in the southeastern United States, and it's lower out on the West Coast and up in the Northeast. But you may not have guessed that the state with the highest weekly church attendance is Utah. And to give a number that's maybe a little bit easier to put into context, David Kinnaman, the president of Barna, shared on another podcast that the average church member attends worship 1.7 times per month. Okay, so one of the biggest objections I hear to making sermons available either through podcasting or on a church website is that it will lead to lower attendance. If people know they can get the sermon outside of church, what's the point in coming? Well, my first response is that the service should be more than just the sermon, and this is coming from someone hosting a podcast on preaching. Most services are, but in some places you can tell that the sermon is the main event and the pastor is the rock star. Everything else is just the table setting, but it shouldn't be this way. Church is about worshiping God, not the preacher. It's where we gather in community to hear the word proclaimed, yes, but where we hear the word read and where we sing together, where we practice the sacraments, where we build relationships with one another. If your service is all about the sermon, then you have bigger problems than whether people will sleep in and download it later. But my second response is that people are already coming less. Competition for people's time, energy, and focus is at an all-time high. Sunday morning is no longer a sacred time. People have to work on Sundays. People have to use weekends for time off and vacations because they can't afford to take workdays off. And many more people have access to transportation now, which makes weekend travel easier. There's also the competition, especially from activities for students, whether it's a sports league, a school club, or some other activity that meets on Sunday morning. And as I look back over my own church attendance, The last time I was in my home church every Sunday of the month was last September. Since then, I've been gone at least once a month due to traveling for work, holidays, or because of family medical issues. And I help lead the service when I'm there. If anyone is going to be there every Sunday, it's me. And I haven't done it for nine months, and August isn't looking great either. We also have to take a look at ourselves and our churches. Are we providing the kind of worship service where real transformation happens, where people can truly connect with God and one another, hear the gospel as good news, and come away changed? If not, we should not be surprised when people choose to travel, attend another activity, or just sleep in. And because it's our job to be there, I think sometimes we minimize or even forget how hard it is for families to get everyone up, dressed, fed, in the car to church, where we may be asking them to stay for one to three hours between worship and fellowship and classes. It's not enough to entertain people. It's not enough to inform people, and it's not enough to impress people. We must invite them to participate and to experience God. 
when they do, church will be a priority again. Now, all that to say, you might want to consider podcasting your sermons because even the people who want to be there to hear you might have legitimate reasons why they're not there. Especially if you're a serious preacher, a podcast is a great way to help people catch up on a week they missed so that the flow of the series makes sense. Third, speaking of flow, each part of your preaching plan should have a purpose. There should be an overarching goal and direction no matter how wide you zoom out or how close you zoom in. Each individual sermon has a flow and a purpose. Each sermon series or liturgical season has a flow and a purpose. And then the overall calendar, the order and flow of the collective series or seasons should have a purpose. This last one is the one that I think most often gets overlooked. It's also the one that I think some of the best preachers and church leaders pay very close attention to. Are your sermon series just a bunch of interesting ideas? Are your next three sermon series based on whatever you happen to be reading this spring or summer? Or do you have a direction and a goal towards which you're leading your church? Do your next three sermon series lay the groundwork for something like transforming your church into a community that prays more? I won't go into more detail here. I'll save that for a conversation about planning down the line. But the point is this. If there's a purpose and a direction to where you're going, then every sermon is important. Each sermon plays a role in the series. Each series plays a role in the direction you're leading your church. So if someone misses a Sunday, it isn't just nice to give people a way to catch up, but the podcast becomes a tool for church leadership and discipleship. Finally, your podcast has the potential to make a difference outside the walls of your church. So far, all the reasons have been about the work you put into it and the people who are already a part of your church, but we know that the church is the one organization that exists for those who are not yet a part of it, and your sermon can be a part of this. A great example of this is when you deliver a sermon that someone who was there in person wants to share with a friend, a family member, or a coworker. How many times has someone in the line at the back of the service said, oh, I wish so-and-so were here. This would have meant so much to them. And, and they actually mean it in the right way, not the because they're a real jerk kind of way. With a podcast, your members have an easy way to share those types of sermons with their friends. Also, think about potential first-time guests. Our culture has normalized previews. We've had movie trailers for decades, but now thanks to the internet, filmmakers are releasing so many clips you can practically see half a movie before it comes out. Well, you want to buy a song? You can hear a 30-second sample on iTunes or stream the whole thing on Spotify completely for free. You know what you're getting into before you're asked to make an investment. And there are similar expectations growing for the church, especially with young adults. Some of the college students that I've pastored say they will never visit a church unless it has a website, and some of them say a good website. Still others won't go unless they can listen to a sermon or two ahead of time. When my wife and I moved from Florida to Georgia, we listened to sermon podcasts to decide what order to visit the churches in our new town. Finally, think about the random people across the world who may find and listen to your podcast. Who knows? Maybe they stumble on it through social media. Maybe they find it through their podcast app. Or maybe they just randomly Google the right combination of words. But you never know how far your message may travel. And as I've shared before, this podcast has been downloaded at least once on every continent other than Antarctica. And I'm just assuming this because my podcast host doesn't have Antarctica on the map. But if you're one of those researchers down there and you're hearing this, let me know. That would be so cool. But this is not meant to sound like a brag. It is simultaneously shocking and humbling to me all at the same time. Now, the U.S. makes up 91% of our listeners, but we get steady downloads every month in Canada, the U.K., Australia, South Africa, and China. What if your sermons about God's grace are heard by someone who lives in a community 
or worships at a church that only talks about God's anger? What if you're a female preacher or a preacher of color or a young preacher and your voice is heard by someone like you who never considered that they might be called by God to preach because they've never heard someone like themselves preach? Yes, your sermon should first and foremost be for the particular people in the particular room of that particular community on that particular day and at that particular time, but you never know what God can do through that sermon in the lives of people you'll never meet. So again, there'll be links in the show notes for resources on podcasting. Last month's episode has a lot of great practical tips and considerations, so give that a listen again. And if all else fails, drop me a line. I would love to help because this is something about which I'm very passionate, as you can obviously tell. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 20 of Art of the Sermon. You can find show notes, including links to some of the things that we talked about at artofthesermon.com. As always, I would love to hear what you think about the show, and I want your input to be a part of the conversation. So you can connect with me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all at username Art of the Sermon. If you'd like to support the show, I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, or your favorite podcast app so that new episodes are downloaded as soon as they go live. And of course, in addition to sharing the show with your friends, the best way to help us out is to leave a review in the iTunes store. This lets iTunes know that you care about the show and want other people to find it. Our next episode is scheduled to go live on August 4th, and so in just two weeks, you'll get to hear my interview with Adam Weber, lead pastor of Embrace Church, the fastest-growing United Methodist Church in the country. Thank you again so much for joining me, and I'll catch you next time on Art of the Sermon.